What's up, Freedom Chasers? If you are looking to use Facebook groups and Facebook marketing in general to grow your business, we have this show for you. We are with a relatively new agent who has made six figures his first year using this strategy, and he's made $200,000 every year since then. And we're going to break it down for you right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, here we are. Meet Joe Silzel, or Sizzle as he likes to be called, also known as Joe the Realtor. For three years, he's been the buyer broker for the top brokerage in his county, and he's also flipping houses now. So he's off to a great start to his career. Joe, we're super pumped to have you here, man. We'd love to dive right into it. So why don't we just get a broad strokes overview of your Facebook marketing strategy, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper. All right. Sounds good. So uh, the first thing you do is, hey, with any marketing, you want to get it in front of as many eyes as possible and as easily and hopefully cheaply as possible. So in, uh, I was a new agent trying to figure out how to market, you know, shoestring budget, all that good stuff. Um, was doing some Facebook ads, stuff like that, but I was trying to reach a bigger audience. So when I was looking around as a new agent, I was just going to all these new agent groups, and there's hundreds of thousands of members in them. Well, after going through them for a little bit and finding all the knowledge, I was like, oh, well, what about all the groups that are in my local area? And I mean, so we have about 100,000 people in my county, about 60,000 in the city limits. Uh, but some of these Facebook groups have 60, 70, 80,000 members. Well, I did some more research on some strategies in this, but what I figured out is if you're posting to those groups, you're getting in front of so much bigger an audience, and the best part, it's free, which is very hard to do for good marketing um, without having long strategies or you know optimizing YouTube and all that stuff. So when I started looking into them, well, the first thing that happened was, man, I was started getting a ton of responses to almost anything I put out there. Even an average post or a below average post, you would still get lots of comments, lots of likes, lots of conversations, which as an agent, you're always trying to get more conversations and just meet more people in general. And we're our smaller community than some. So it wasn't like there was, you know, a million people you could just go meet all the time that didn't know 10 other agents. But what I found out is if you could have that conversation, you know, they'll, they'll use you or start the process. So with the Facebook groups, the first thing to do was go look up all the buy, sell, trade, classified, um, you know, any kind of thing that has swap, has, you know, even... I, I don't go for the real estate ones. I don't go for the uh, car ones. I don't go for some of those ones. I just go for the buy, sell, trade, you know, classified types. Well, then the first thing you're going to do is you can't join too many at one time. So Facebook's going to get mad at you if you try to join over 10 in one day. So I usually say, hey, five, seven. So the first, the first tip in this is just go join five to 10 every single day without going over that number for the next two weeks or month, because then you'll be in all these different ones. Now the first, the ones you should target first are the bigger groups and you can go look up the group member size. So like one of the first ones I joined had 80,000 members. Well in a city of 60, you know, 5,000 and a county of 100,000, most of the people, and most of them will be local. Real estate's always about the local market and connecting with those people. <coughs> Excuse me. So once you get past that, then now you're in these groups. We're like, all right, well, there's two problems once you get in the groups, right? The first one is, is the admin and moderators. And the second one is other real estate agents. Because guess what? I was a brand new agent. So every post I would do, yeah, I could get 50 comments of people thinking about buying or selling or whatever. But I literally had agents going in there and tagging themselves in every single one. Don't talk to him. He's new. Talk to me. Oh, hey, we went to high school. Beyond. All that stuff. And people are sharks. 
I understand it now more. At the time, I was just frustrated. But now it's, hey, it's their livelihood. It's my livelihood. They saw an easy way to do it. So the first thing to do with that is reach out to the admin and moderators. If you're going to be posting these, sometimes they're going to have rules. Sometimes they're going to have people that, you know, filter out stuff. Sometimes there's days for businesses you can post. Learn all the rules about it. Um, the second thing, and this is the big key, okay, if you're going to take something away from this, if you want to be a productive real estate agent in your area, try to do this, okay, is reach out to those admin moderators, and it has to be the original admin, not just anybody, and see if they would sell you the admin group rights, because if you become the admin, you don't have problem one and two, right, because the first thing is, is you won't have admins kicking you out or not letting you post, and then you could also turn off or mute or just have those other agents not be able to post on your stuff, which is very, very beneficial, okay? So if you can. Now, when doing so, it is a little tricky because you're reaching out to people that have never thought about selling this usually, have never thought of it as a monetary thing. Some people get really worried that, like, Facebook's not going to like it. Facebook doesn't really care um, as long as it's not, like, monetary on Facebook. So you usually have to go meet these people in person. You're also going to want to meet them in person because to exchange money and have it all done in the correct steps is a tricky in itself. So there's strategies and ways to do that, uh, but just make sure that you actually own that original admin right, not just give, giving somebody money for an admin spot and then them just taking you out, which has happened to me. So it does happen. But once you do own all of this, now you own uh, basically a marketing group or a way to get in front of a lot of people. Okay. Past that, then there's several different posts you can use and different strategies, which all these you can find on YouTube, Facebook groups, whatever. But one of my favorite one is the tell me your rent, I'll show you a list of houses you can buy. Now, granted, when I was doing this in 2019, 2020, 2021, it was more applicable today than today, where interest rates are kind of pushing out some of those first-time buyers. But you will still get a ton of people that want to talk to you. And those people, maybe they need credit up, maybe they're ready to go now, all that kind of thing. Okay? Now... Once you get the group or you're in the groups and that you've built a little bit of uh, rapport with the moderators and admins so you can post in those groups these different things, whether you own the group or not, once you do that, then the next step is how do I convert those leads to an actual buyer, seller, whatever, right? Well, we'll just start with the buyer side first. The first thing you're going to want to do with the buyer side is get text replacement, okay? So if you have an iPhone, it's really easy. If you have an Android, there's an app for it. Or sorry, yeah, if Android, you have an app for it. But what uh, text replacement is, is you can do a long sentence or you can do a link to something, and it's only one or two buttons without having to go and copy and paste all the time, okay? Look up that in another video. Uh, uh, Tim here will probably throw some stuff in the chat about that, so I won't go into it too much to keep this going. But that's a really big thing. The reason is, is... When you're talking to somebody, people's attention spans are five seconds, 10 seconds, maybe a minute at tops, right? So if you're having this conversation, most of the people are very upstream. So they're not like thinking about buying a house today. They're talking to somebody on Facebook, or maybe they have been, but they have been a little bit uh, nonchalant about going about it. The worst thing you can do is just be like, hey, here's a business card or a virtual business card. Call this guy, right? Because whether it's a lender, you know, your mortgage person, a whole bunch of them, they're not going to call because people don't like to call anymore. But if you can have it set up where you can just, hey, if you, if you want to take five or ten minutes, here's a link to my you know, lender, three lenders, whatever your state requires. You send that to them, they'll be like, oh, this is pretty easy. They're already on their phone doing stuff. They click on it. They fill out, even if it's a partial fill out, most of the time lenders will have their information so they can call you, which, again, takes some of the, the pressure of you reaching out to them away. The second thing is I can't tell you uh, – well, I'll tell you a story here in a second, but 
uh, I can tell you, lenders love that. Even if it's a partial one, they get very excited. So uh, to kind of give you a quick story about how well this can work, especially if it's new in your market, uh, this was, I still remember, it was like the first week in February of 2019. Um, I was sitting at home. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was going through this stuff. I saw this rent, uh, uh, just a post in a Facebook group. of, Oh, show me your rent. I'll show you how much you could buy, right? I posted it. Uh, again, Sunday afternoon, wasn't really thinking too much about it. I had over 105 comments in the first hour. Now, Facebook actually, in this way, I have to be careful with some of the stuff, blocked me from messaging people because I had gotten so many messages and messaged me back. They thought I was spamming people. But no matter what, of those 105, 107 people that I got talked to before it could stop me, um, I sent links to almost all of them to my lender. Now, I got a call the next morning, Monday morning at 8.05 a.m., and my lender's like, what did you just do? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, that link I sent you to send to people, I have 21 applications started. Only five of them fully filled out, but I have 21 applications started with name, email, phone number. So he was calling all day. At the end of that Monday, we had three people pre-approved to buy, two that were only a couple months out. And I can tell you, of those, we closed over 10 of them over the next eight months. So that, that was huge. I mean, as a new agent, barely having a business, that was like turning on a faucet that I didn't know you could turn on. Anyway, and so, you know, different markets are going to have different things. I was posting these to some massive groups with, you know, 80, 60,000 people. So, I mean, there was a lot of traction in there. Uh, but I, I can tell you, I can still do that today and I'll still get 5, 10, 15 things. And I do this almost weekly or at least monthly. So if you need some traction, you need, even if it's just people to talk to, it's a great way to start that out. Now that's for the buyers. Um, there's a lot. Of Absolutely. Let me pause you one second and dive a little bit deeper because you're doing some some great things here. Um, I love that you're actually reaching out to the admins and the moderators. That's something I never did. Um, luckily for me, I'm in Chicago, so if I get kicked out of a group, I could just find another one. There's plenty of them. There's no shortage, right? But that is the right way to do it because <laughs> um, and buying it. I would love to know, like, what do you? typically pay for something like this so this is where your negotiating skills are going to be super massive um so the the best rule of thumb i found is one cent per member so you know there's ten thousand members you just you know multiply that and you figure it out right um sometimes you I'll pay up to ten percent now the activity in the group is another big thing you can go look this up on facebook even if you're not part of the group to see what kind of activity because if it says there's a hundred thousand people if you get five posts a day that is not an active group but most of them that are bigger are going to have hundreds, if not thousands of posts per day. Um, and the other thing is you can also pin your post. So that's a big thing if you're the admin. Um, so that's kind of just on you. I'll tell you the first group I bought was an 80,000 member one, right? It was the biggest one in my county, the biggest one in my half of the state. Um, now, when I, what I did with that one was I, I used this method on a couple smaller ones to you know, test it out a little bit. And then what I did was I reached out to the admin. I, t I asked her if, you know, she would ever consider selling it. I didn't ask her, didn't talk numbers initially, right? Then once she did seem somewhat agreeable, what I said was, hey, let me do this. Let me take you to lunch. I'm going to explain everything. I want you to meet me in person so you don't think this is some kind of scam, so you don't think it's just somebody on the internet being weird. She said, okay. The next week, I met her for lunch, bought her lunch. We talked for like two hours, built that really good rapport, right? And in the process of that, I had a number in mind that I was willing to pay. Again, I was a broke agent that didn't know anything. Um, and she came up with a number that was $1,200. So she needed $600 to fix her car. And then there was a different admin that she had had on there for years. She wanted to give her something. So I said, hey, $1,200, done, right? I would have paid much, much more than that. 
Uh, so that, that, that was my first one. Uh, since then I've paid, I think three or 4,000 was the most I've ever paid for a group. That wasn't even that big, but had a lot of traction. But from that group alone, um, that first year in 2019, I made over $100,000 off that group. So, I mean, that ROI is great, but I also own that group every year after that. And every year after that, I've made at least $200,000 uh, from that group or referrals from that group. Um, last The last three years, I've closed over 60 transactions. I've been over $15 million in sales. The last three years, uh, last year was $20 million. So, I mean, like, it, and it you just get so much more. And then every listing I get at market, every buyer I can market, it's really good. Another thing that you did, which I think is great, most people aren't saying this, you're sending them right to the lender, um, especially the way that you post it. It's like, hey, we'll figure out exactly what you're, you're not even doing the work then. Because like you could do the work yourself, but it's like, hey, I'll just send you to my lender. And you got about a 20% conversion rate. That's crazy. Now with that, I also did do some rapport building, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, area. You know, I don't want this to be like, oh, hey, just talk to the lender. No. You want to make them feel a little bit comfortable for you, hear it out. I'll probably send them a list of homes, vaguely what they're looking for. Um, but again, I'd be like, hey, we can't really go see these until you're pre-approved because if you fall in love, you can't buy it until you're pre-approved. And that saves you a lot of, you know, showing people that, that can't buy a house anymore. And you mentioned the Red X, the dreaded Red X. Um, I've done a ton of Facebook marketing. And once you can't message anybody, obviously it's a problem. Have you ever tried just posting a link to your messenger? Be like, hey, shoot me a message at this location um, in order to avoid that. It's like m.me slash whatever your Facebook ID is. I actually haven't tried that. That's a great thing. I'll, you'll have to let me know more about that. I'll tell you about it after the call. Um, so cool. We were getting into sellers next. You just answered both my questions. Thank you for answering so eloquently. Let's talk about sellers now. Okay. So then the other thing is, is, you know, I was a new agent, happy to work with buyers and everybody in my office is like, that's great. But like, I don't want to be showing a whole bunch of houses. I just want sellers. And in the last couple of years, sellers have been, a, it's been a, you know, a jackpot. It's just an ATM. So the other thing is I do have, uh, I like to use a lot of the polls. Now you can use polls in Facebook groups. Uh, now the way to get sellers off those, there's a lot of different variations of it, but it's basically like, hey, have you thought about selling your house? And then you give them a whole bunch of different options to click. Uh, hey, my house needs minor repairs, major repairs. I wanna know my house is worth, but I'm not ready to sell. I wanna know what my house is worth. Can you get it sold today? Uh, I, I'm thinking about moving in like two to three years, right? Put those out there. People will let you know. And I'm telling you, some people will say, ah, oh, two or three years. You send them what their house is worth. You send them what comps are. Or, you know, hey, to really give you a good evaluation, I got to show up your house. Meeting somebody, knee to knee, you know, sitting at the dinner table, even if they're not ready to sell today, guess who they're going to call when they're ready to go? And um, I think, what was it? I was trying to do the numbers on this. It was like the last four of the last five times I posted that, I've gotten at least one listing appointment. And of that, uh, I've almost always got the listing at some point in time, not necessarily that day, but at some point. Anything else you want to get into with the Facebook market? The other thing you can do with this, uh, this is a good thing, whether you're a new agent, whether you have a lot of business, no business, is uh, doing the uh, sharing listings. So like in my office, we're allowed to share all listings. I still always ask permission, but you can also share listings from other brokers if you get their permission in my MLS. So... I send the email out, I've got a copy and paste, but it's, hey, I see your beautiful house that you just listed at 123 Main Street. I, will, I have a place in my marketing this week. Can I use that, right? Then if they say no, hey, no problem. Most uh, listing agents right now want you to bring a buyer, so they'll send it to you. And then you can list that on Marketplace or these groups and get a whole bunch of traction. 
Um, I've done it the last two weeks. I actually just started this strategy up again because I haven't been doing it in a while. And last week alone, I picked up three new buyers, um, two that were already pre-qualified off of that strategy by just posting this to the marketplace and the Facebook groups. Now, the nice thing about the marketplace is when you post it there, you don't have to go and do the same thing on every single group. You can just go to marketplace, set it all up, and then post it. And Facebook will actually, I've seen an uptick in the, the people that they show it to if you use their marketplace. So that's another good tip um, if you're trying to get some business. So another impressive thing that you're doing is you've already flipped four houses, man. So let's talk about that process a little bit. What got you into flipping? And, and like, let's talk about the journey. How has that been for you? Uh, so it, it's it's been amazing. It's uh, nerve-wracking at times. But uh, so uh, several years ago, you know, I was doing all this stuff. I started, you know, working on some force up my owner stuff, you know, a lot of outreach, um, even, even just sharing force up owners listings and stuff. Well, in that, I met a gentleman that was a contractor, and he was selling a rental property, but he was looking for flips. He was looking for, you know, rundown rentals that he could fix up just enough to rent out again. Um, anyway, so we formed this relationship. I sold his house, his rental, um, and then he was like, oh, well, you actually show up on time. You do all these things, all the things that he said real estate agents don't do, right? Well, uh, then what happened was I was always on the lookout for houses that could be fixed up or could do something because I was like, if I can find the right house, I bet somebody will buy it, right? And I found this one. It was on Craigslist. The first day it popped up, I was all over it. It was $70,000. Now, our median home price is about three hundred and fifty at the time. So, and this one was probably about one hundred and fifty, maybe $200,000 if it was in decent shape, which it wasn't, obviously. But it was $70,000. I sent it to the three people I knew had enough cash to go buy it that day. He, uh, this gentleman was the first one that showed up, locked it up, got it in our contract. Um, he ended up putting about $20,000 into that. He rented it for a year, making over $1,500 a month on it. Then the next year, we sold it for uh, $200,000. So with just minimal time and effort, he made a boatload of money and was super excited. And then it was like, all right, go find five more of these. Um, over the next year and a half, we ended up getting three more properties for him. Uh, none of them were quite that good of a deal, but several of them worked out very well for him. Um, this last year, uh, at the beginning of the year, he did his first actual flip where he didn't turn it into a rental um, and made almost $100,000 off of that. Um, and then uh, we're, we have him under contract on another one, and he's finishing a fix right now. Uh, but in all that, I was like, okay, well, I've got some money now. I've been making pretty good money. Um, I've got another investor that uh, wants to put money into it but not do the fixing himself, and I've got some uh, contractor uh, uh, companies now. So that investor was like, hey, if I put some money into marketing for these houses, can you do all the legwork, go out and see them, run the comps, let us know the, the fix up and all that kind of stuff? And he goes, you're already doing it for other people. I'll let you get some of the proceeds in the back end if you do all this. So I said, okay, let's go find some. Um, so we did a flip in 2020. Um, everything was pretty hard to get material-wise and whatnot. But we, we both made about 15000 off that one. Um, then this last year, we started up again. He's like, hey, I think the market's going to be slowing. I think we can get in here. We have some more supply. Uh, so I said, okay, let's see what we can do. Um, so we did uh, three last year. We have one under contract right now. The average take-home was about $20,000 each on each one of those flips. Um, we've done mostly modular houses, which, again, um, I, working in the first-time home buyer, I know what those are going to sell for. I know the kind of market those are in, and they sell very quickly and easily in our market. Um, and then I have worked through all the kind of problems you can have with those ones, which there are a lot. So we figured that all of those things out. Um, but yeah, we've we've done mailers, we've worked with wholesalers, we've worked with other investors, and I've taken one off the MLS. 
um, at a reduced price, of course. And uh, yeah, we made money on all of them. So basically, it just turned from, hey, helping investors do it to, hey, if you can find them and we put some marketing dollars towards it, what can we get if we do it ourselves? So I'm still, I always give the deals I find naturally to my investors, but for this specific investor that does marketing, he finds the marketing, uh, or he does the marketing dollars, and then if we can pick one up, we'll do it together. Absolutely. So you mentioned you've gone through some challenges. I'd love to get into those because a lot of people think they're just going to flip a house. It's going to be super easy to fix. And um, as you know now, you know, your initial bid or your initial estimate is never right unless you're really, really liberal with it. Because when you start opening walls and stuff, you're going to find stuff. It's just that is what it is. So what other things, what kind of challenges did you run into when you started flipping? First thing that we ran into was the underbidding of contractors. Contractors really do want the jobs. And uh, part of it was, you know, our inexperience. Part of it was, you know, they're very hopeful about things will just run smoothly. Um, but yeah, we've had, so the first, initial bid on the first property we had was $32,000. Um, it ended up being just over 50000 which again, uh, when you look at margins, uh, and we're making, you know, 15, 20 grand off these, like that, that's a pretty big margin. Um, now granted we still made money on that one, but again, you know, percentage wise, it wasn't nearly what we thought it'd be. Uh, the next one we had, uh, the contractor told us we got the property the 1st of July. He said he would start working on it August 1st and have it done the second week in September. And if anybody's been watching the market, that was when things were very volatile. Well, he didn't get that one finished until we could get on the market until December 1st and was still not done with several items um now granted you know that that was a pain in the butt itself having our money stuck in it having the house just sitting there for all those months the other issue was his original bid was thirty five thousand dollars and we ended up spending over sixty thousand to get the entire thing done and we're uh, actually that one's under contract and we're we're still fixing it while we go um and it's january so you know you're talking something that we thought we could get rid of in four months turned into now six, seven months. So those are kind of things that happen. So timelines and then estimates. And then, you know, we'll, that, that contractor we had so many problems with and it was a learning thing. So again, you know, now we have to go find a different contractor and we've been using a different contract than the other ones we've done. And he's been much, much better. So, but again, his estimates haven't been perfectly aligned. Um, then we have things like, you know, the market's slowing down. Uh, we had a furnace go out when we were under contract on one of them. Uh, so I had to run over there and put heaters into it so the pipes didn't freeze. I mean, I've had, uh, I got chased off by the next door neighbor's dog when it, when our fence fell down uh, due to a windstorm. Like, you know, there's, it, it's all the little things that can, you know, add up. And then it's just time. I mean, you think, oh, I'm not doing the work. I've had to go to the job sites multiple times. I've got to get there for new bids. I got to approve work. You know, you're doing all those kind of things. Or you get that call, furnace is out. Or you get the call, hey, there's a leak underneath the house. We don't know where it's coming from, you know. All these things, we got called, uh, the uh, power got shut off to one of the job sites because the city um, was still trying to uh, charge the original owner of it. They had shut them off. They, they didn't realize that we were the new owners, even though we were paying a bill because um, the addresses got messed up in their system. Like it, It's all these little things that you don't think are going to add up to time and effort and all that. But when you start looking at that, and then you're like, okay, we thought we were going to make 50000 and that was split in half, and then there's taxes. But now we're only making like twenty five thousand. Now it's split in half, and there's taxes. You know, you know we're still making money, but it's not necessarily like the 
you know, HGTV we're making all of this money and it's going to be easy. Oh, well, nothing on HGTV is accurate. Um, <laughs> I love when they have like a teacher, a, a family of teachers, and they're showing them like $850,000 houses and they're like the most beautiful house in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, flipping is, is a wild world, man. I mean, there's it's basically a series of problem solving. Um, <laughs> that's what you, I mean, that's what the game is. I mean, you're going to run into problems and you need to solve those problems along the way. As you mentioned, holding costs are a pain um, because you're paying the taxes, you're paying the electric bill, you're paying everything, and every single dollar you're eating into your profit. And, you know, you're going in there with a profit target in mind. Um, so great stuff. I'm glad that you're learning. Yeah, I mean, because contractors are generally the biggest challenge. Like once you get a good contractor that hits the timeline and actually gives you a good quote, like usually it flows a lot smoother from there. Um, but unfortunately, they're difficult to find. Um, there's a lot of really bad contractors out there. And like you said, they want the job. So a lot of people underbid on purpose um, to get the job. And then they're like, oh, we're going to get them up later. Um, so yeah, that's about rapport building. So one of the best things you could do is connect with other investors. And some of them might share their team with you. Most of them won't. But if you keep asking, you know, some people know really great teams and then they could start sharing. Or another good thing you could do um, REO brokers tend to know tons of contractors because most banks have like preferred contractors and they have preferred contractors for a reason. They tend to be pretty good. Um, and you're not going to, you're not going to fix houses for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac or anything like that. If you're not getting your bid right. And if you're not hitting timelines, so reaching out to REO brokers and asking who the banks are using, that's another great way to find good contractors. Cool, man. Um, so cool. We just hit 2023. You're a young guy. You're ambitious. I could tell you got big goals, man. What do you got coming on this year? Uh, so this year, you know, I, I wanted to take a realistic look at everything because, you know, the last, you know, I was rocking and rolling all the way up to, you know, the end of October and then November, December kind of hit pretty hard um, where it was just like, hey, you know, the market's not moving. Interest rates are up. Buyers are very cautious. Sellers are still wanting a king's ransom. You know, it's just the natural cycle of things, right? So like this year, what I really wanted to dive into was uh, the investing side, because guess what? You know, hey, if I'm still making five, 10 grand a month doing that, that's all my bills and then some, right? Uh, and then the real estate side, you know, I'm not super worried about that, but I also know it's going to be slower, which means it gets in more time to take courses, do things like watch podcasts like this and really get some better information get those tips, tricks, and the trade secrets out so that, you know, I can even be more more uh, ambitious and more uh, profitable when we're going for these, whether it's flips, buy and holds. My partner's done a lot of Airbnbs, which is another market he wants to get into. Um, so it's really like taking one thing at a time and learning it to its extent so it can be profitable, but at the same time, not getting analysis paralysis and just sitting around, just getting knowledge that you're not using. So there's a balance in there. And you know, I'm a much more of a take action. Like I love it when I get a course or I take, you know, uh, action from a podcast or somebody They're like, Hey, go do this. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to try that. And I'm going to try it sustainably for X amount of time before I give up on it. Right. Which gets me in trouble sometimes because, you know, trying to do too many things at one time and still service clients and, you know, top contractors and all that stuff. So it's really about, uh, keeping that edge of learning and going towards the next thing while at the same time, not, you know, just being confident that nah, it'll all work out, right? Um, I'm thinking that, so the market actually has woken up here since January 1st. We've had pretty much double the amount of showings we had in December. Um, I've gotten four contracts under, under contracts since January 1st, so that's really good. Um, and we're moving towards that. 
on the investing side, you know, we've pushed out some marketing. I still think right now, most sellers, whether it's in bad positions or not, still aren't realizing where the market's changed. So I think over the next six, eight months, that will change a lot. Their perception of it will change. Um, it won't just be like, oh yeah, everything's selling the next day. Or, you know, my, Zillow says my house is this and that's accurate, right? So I think that timeline will change over the next six months, which will make more opportunities for whether they're flips or rentals or whatever we decide to go after. So my real focus is keep doing the real estate, probably a little bit step back from what I've been doing um, just because of the market, not because I want it to be, and but probably take another step or two forward. In I think that is the natural progression of a realtor. You start making money vertically, so active income, and then you start looking at passive income. Is that your goal or are you, are you focusing on flips for now? For me, I wanted to really get that nest egg and kind of get that, uh, well, not even just the knowledge and all of it, but I think flipping is good because, you know, we're using hard cash so we're, and it's our own money. So we're not going to owe anything to anybody. Um, and I'm not wanting to be a landlord. So when I do take that risk, it's going to be, I have a property management company set up. Um, and I feel very confident in where the market's at and where, you know, all my investments will be. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm not a, I, I like things to go very quickly. I'm not a sit back and just like have things go passive. So, but I know, you know, in the next few years, uh, especially with the tax deductions and the tax breaks you can get with owning rentals, I'll definitely push for that. Um, but again, I just want to see the right opportunities before I really jump into that. But again, that's the goal, right? Is to, you know, right now I've, I've, you know, been making a good amount of money. I've been, you know, have a life that I love. Um, and, but eventually I, I know I want to scale back and have more of a life outside of this where I'll get that passive income. But for me right now, you know, Hey, the sun's still shining. So I'm still out there trying to harvest and I'm going to do that until either I need to step back or I get myself in a position that I can. Yeah, and you, the opportunity of a lifetime may be coming soon. We'll see what happens. Nobody knows, but I can tell you REOs are extremely high in my area. Um, they're not coming yet, but the foreclosure starts are number one in the country in Illinois. So we'll see what happens. Um, so cool, man. Anything else you want to get out there? You're a super smart, eloquent guy. If you have anything else to say, now's your chance. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's great to actually get to talk to you in person. I know we'll connect after this. Uh, hey, anybody wants to hit me up if you're in Grand Junction, you're looking to invest, you got questions about this stuff. It's at Joe the Realtor for Instagram or Joe Silzel in Grand Junction. Um, everybody, what the best advice I have ever gotten is implement and worry about the rest later. And if you're going to be in real estate, whether it's investing or the agent side, is treat it like a job. It's the best, highest paying job if you treat it like a job. My office manager always gives me you know, a great time about it, but he goes, you're almost always the first one in the office. You're almost always the first one or the last one to leave. And when I walk by your, your office, you're one of a handful of agents that I know is going to be working. And I'm telling you, it's it, it's really a snowball effect. Because if you told me I was going to be here in 2018 when I was a brand new agent and had closed one deal and paid more to my office than I had actually taken home, I wouldn't have believed I was where I was today. But implementing some of these things, which I hope you do, and always like getting more education. Like every year I take on a different challenge. I look for something new or I take a new course um, and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars now on these things. 
but that is what's going to keep you in the game and what's going to make you go to the game. What a fantastic closing, man. Joe Sizzle, man, I'm excited to see where you go, man. You actually, you obviously have a super bright future. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business, and most importantly, sharing a strategy that is extremely effective. You made $200,000 several years in a row using this, totally free. So for those of you out there chasing freedom, as Joe said, freedom is acquired one action at a time. Don't consume this information. Go out there and start doing it. This is crazy actionable. I mean, we literally laid out a step-by-step plan. Join five to 10 groups per day, do that for a few weeks, and then start posting after reaching out to the admins and trying to acquire these groups. Because as he said, you could just boot all the other realtors out. Tell somebody you know that can hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for coming on. And we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 